Okay, good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining. <clears throat> so last week, <clears throat> excuse me, last week we read the uh, Ramah in Simon Reish Memtes. This is in Sif Yud Gimel. The Ramah seemingly is not going on anything in particular that the Shulchan Aruch said, but he said the following. He said, Adam A person should not be aspire. Don't be haughty with tzedakah. Not enough that he doesn't uh, get schar for giving tzedakah. They punish him. For uh, for uh, boasting and showing everyone that you gave tzedakah, and then he says the opposite. He says someone who gave over something tzedakah sounds like it was hectish as well. Maktish Then mutter you're allowed to write your name on it. that it should be for uh, memory. and it's proper to do this. So the Ramah says two different, two opposite things. First, he says, don't be haughty and don't um, boast that you gave tzedakah. And then he says, it's Roy Lasser's cane to, to write your name on it so that people should remember that you gave it. So which one is it? Is it a problem that, that he gets punished? Or is it something that is proper to do? So let's spend the next few minutes or the rest of this year today discussing this topic. It's a very important topic, especially you have a shul. They, they do um, <clears throat> a, a, a fundraising campaign, a building campaign, and now they want to sell the names for the mezuzahs, for the parechas, all types of things that the fundraisers could come up with. All kibudim to sell the coffee room, to sell the fridge, to sell from A to Z. Are we allowed to tell people that we're going to give you a plaque with your name on it? Is that proper? Let's assume it is proper. What happens when you change you change the uh, changing of the guards? A few years later, they want to build a new shul, new building campaign. They're redoing the interior, the exterior. Can we, once again, sell the rights to the building, sell the name, uh, sell, sell the mezuzahs? Can we do that? So let's see. The sugya, it's a fascinating sugya. I'm going to be reading my Armakimus off a computer, so if you, uh, if my eyes are not looking at you, I apologize. So, there are many sources that we find in Rishonim, going back all the way to the Gemara. One, one source in the in family Rishonim is the Ramban. The, Rama, the Ramban is in Shemais Perak Lamed Hay. It's in, one second, in the way here. It's in Pasuk Hafez. The Pasuk there says, Anashim al Hanashim. They brought anything from, you know, all the Nidiv Lev, they brought to the, for the Mishkan, Chach, Venezim, and Tabas, Vekumas, Kokli Zav, Vechol Ish, Asher Hinev, Tenufa, Zav, Lashem. So the Ramban picks up on the fact that it singles out Ish, Asher Hinev, Tenufa, Zav, Lashem. There was some type of Tenufa waving going on, and he brings down two Pshatim. One of them was that they would give them a handshake. That kiame, this is the Ramban's lotion, kiamevi zav, yenufaf yodu, the chashivas hanadava. They would give him a handshake, yashikayach, to show him the chashivas of giving gold, because gold was scarce, it wasn't um, abundant. Oi, another pshat, haloichim yanifu azav leharoisai, leshevach hamevi alnadvasai, leshabeach hamevi alnadvasai. That those that received the gold, they would, they would uh, show everyone that, look, this person brought gold to the Mishkan. To praise the one who brought, to give the donor some covered, to be mishabeach the donor. So you see, very clearly that this is what they did, according to the Ramban. This what was happened. This this is uh, what happened in the Mishkan collection. That they would be busy waving people's hands, giving them yashir koyach, and showing 
Thank you for giving us the gold. The Nitziv, this is on the Shiltus. The Shiltus is based on the Gemara in Sukkah that discusses the concept of Vatznia Leches Imelikecha, that a person has to be Batznias. The Nitziv is bothered by this Ramah. The Ramah says that Lo Yispara Adam, a person is not allowed to be Yispara. And he says what we see very often in Shas, he brings down the Gemara Numa. The Gemara Numa, Daf Ayin, says that. When the Kayan Gadol would read from the Sefer Torah, everybody would bring the Sefer Torah from their house before Yom Kippur. The Kariba and they would read over there Yom Kippur by night. They want to show the Chazusa to the Rabbim. What does that mean? Rashi says to show everyone the beauty of the Sefer Torah. The I want to show that, look, I purchased or I wrote this beautiful Sefer Torah, and they were showing off the Sefer Torah in the Beis Hamikdash. The Rashba also says, and this is quoted by the Magan Avram in Simon Kufnandal and Hilchus Basic Nessus, that you're allowed to put a uh, plaque on the wall for someone who donated the Bima or the Arun Kaidesh. We find in uh, in Yuma as well, later on in Yuma, sorry, earlier on, the Mishnah in Yuma says that there were those people that donated things to the Beis Hamikdash, and it was Zachar Latoiv. We have Mumbaz, you have uh, you have Munbaz, you have uh, Hilni Hamalka, different people that are mentioned as Zechel Atoyv. So the Torah does it, the Mishnayas do it, the Nitziv brings Psukim from Zechariah, where you have uh, mentioning of, of people giving things to the Zikaran Behechel Hashem, and the Radak there says that they would put a plaque up, and they would tell people, look what happened. The Gemara's Mashman used to have a journal where they would put in journal entries for Hektish, who donated what. So they had records of what was going on in the Beis HaMikdash. So you have many Maram HaKoymis and Shas that tell us that, yes, that we are Mepharsim, Oisei Mitzvah, and you look around in most of most shuls and Klai Yisrael, Hasidish, Lubavitch, all types, you have plaques. This was donated in memory of so-and-so. Um, we a special uh, family donation, foundation, and it seems like we have no problem with, you know, selling the keyboard and telling people, don't worry, they could put the plaque uh, in, in your name. So, <clears throat> it seems that there's no issue with this. Yet, the Ramad just said, you can't do it. You can't, uh, Adam a person should not be a spar. So, how do we reconcile the beginning of the Ramah, which says the person should not be aspire, don't uh, be haughty, and the end of the Ramah, which he says, you are allowed to write, So if you look in the Rashba, the Rashba is what the Ramah is quoting. There was a Chuvas Rashba. The Rashba says, he gives two uh, different reasons, perhaps, why it's, why it's mutter. Number one, he says, we see from the the, the Medrash tells us that when when Reuven went to, went to save Yosef, it says by Boyaz that he brought uh, food to uh, to Rus. And many times where you where Chazal tell us that our Avos, our Imois, the 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 people in in the, in the Torah Tanakh did a mitzvah. Later on, they had regret that if they would have known that the Torah is going Tanakh that the Torah is going to write their actions down forever, they would have done it in a more enhanced way. Whatever that means. On their level, they would have ran quicker, they would have given more. And you see that this itself is a good thing, 
to inspire the person himself, it gives him drive to do the mitzvah kitikuna. The very fact that the Medrash tells us if Ruben would have known that, that it's going to be written in Sukkim, then he would have saved uh, Yosef in a better way, in a more complete way, and all the different examples that, that, the, uh, that the Medrash tells us. Additionally, the Rashba says, if a person is going to inspire others, he says, mitzvah. Someone is giving and he's announcing his donation in order to inspire others to give. So that, that itself is reason enough to, uh, to, be, uh, to, announce, to announce that you're giving it and to put a plaque on the wall. There are some Mepharshim that say that if it's something that nobody is doing, if it's your typical tzedakah campaigns, so then you're not inspiring other people to give. Everybody gives. But if it's something that nobody thought of to do, perhaps uh, a new a new uh, chesed organization or, or a need that people are not realizing requires funding, so perhaps you are being... Uh, you are being, uh, you are you are opening the delas because people didn't know that that need existed, and you are creating doors and paths for more chesed. Okay, but that's the the Rashba, and perhaps that that really helps us understand the Ramah. But there are many other terutzim found in the in the place. I'll, I'll go through them. Yeah. Sorry, I just can't see him. My screen is small. Yeah. Go for it. What if it really just based on guy? Though? Guy says I'm only going to write a twenty thousand dollars check. If he makes it conditional, so we're going to see the, the yeah. It's a good point. If you make it conditional, it seems like you're doing it hispire, and that lechera would be a problem. So let's see. We're going to go through a few different terutzim, and we'll probably answer your question, Avi, along now, the way. On the outside of the building, I wanted to say the Markowitz campus. Right. Not the, you. You want to. You want your name on the building or the building on your name? What's better? The, your name on the deed or the, uh, the, the name I, on the building? I know there's a guy. He, he wrote a fat <laughs> check to a shul and he said he just wants his name the blank building. But at the end of the day, he wrote a million dollar check for that. So what do they do at the end? They took the million dollar check and put his name up. Okay, so what's the problem? Better believe that. Okay, we'll see. There are some persons that do not, do not like that. So let's see. The Natsiv in his uh, in his Pirish on the shoulders when he brings this down, he's mechalik between Teferes, which is a person, as Rabavi is saying, you're you're literally doing it to boast, as we just had by Tisha B'av in the Haftarah. He's hal chacham bechachmasai, agibur bigvurasai, ashir ba'ashray. So that's yishal. You're praising yourself with that. That's. To Ferris, he says, Bekol. Bekol Godol. You're making a lot of noise. It's with a loud voice. So that, he says, Asr, as the Ramah says, La Yispa'er. Whatever Yispa'er means, that's Asr. But if you're not doing it in a Yispa'er fashion, it's not uh, a loud voice, so to say, so then it will be Mutter. If you look in the Mishabura, in Simon Aleph, there's two two points in the Mishabura here, but when the Mishabura brings this down, he says, Velo Chalilo. This is the Mishabur and Simon Aleph and Arachayim talking about a person uh, doing mitzvahs. He says a person should not be yispa'er. Yispa'er sounds like the issue, where a person is literally doing it in a loud way to to uh, be yishalel ba'ashray. Rav Sternbach has an interesting chiluk. He says that tzedakah la'aniyim, to give tzedakah to poor people, that, he says, it's not, it's not proper for a person to announce that he gave money to this poor person. 
that he thinks would be would be a problem. But the minigas, when it comes to donating to shuls, we uh, allow people to put their names on the building. Another chilek would be a person's kavana. As, as Avi was saying, when your kavana is that I want to give, and there is a little bit element of covet in there, but that's not your ikr kavana, so then it will be mutter. But if a person is doing it only for for lehispar, uh, that will be usher. And that, that you find in the Mishabura. The Mishabura, again, is going on the Ramah in Simon Aleph in, in the Arachayim, right in the beginning. There, the Ramah is quoting from the Torah. He says, A person should not be embarrassed uh, by doing mitzvahs. Then he says that, and the Mishabura says, if a person is in front of a greater people, then don't be embarrassed to, to, uh, to do mitzvahs in front of them. But he says that in if I could do it in a, in a quieter way, that's better. However, the Mishabura concludes, if you're doing it in front of people that will learn from you, if they're going to learn to do the mitzvah from you, Whatever example it is, there are many different times in halacha where we say something is, should not be done because of yuhara. Let's say, uh, I'll give a, a simple example. To, to recite Kriyashma with the trup. So, it's brought down to say it with the trup. To lane Kriyashma, Kriyashma, like Kriyasatayra. The Mishabur says, or they believe it's the Ramah. Later on he says, don't do it because it's uh, yuhara, because no one else is doing it. And you're doing it, you're showing that you're better than everyone else. That's Teferis. You're, you're being uh, Yispar, and that's yuhara, that you're being better than everyone else. But if you're doing it to inspire others, he says, if you're doing it, you're showing others that, look, I'm doing, I'm giving so that you should give as well. And there are many... Uh, Many donors that they give money to inspire others to give as well. They really don't need anyone else to, to know that they gave to this cause, but they they are very aware, and they have self awareness that if they give and they put their name on something that I am behind this campaign, then all of a sudden they you know they have influencer uh, status and they're going to influence other people to give. So the Mishabur says, So if your kavana is l'shem shemayim, I'm doing l'shem shemayim, really I don't want my name on the building. But I know if I put my name on the building, then people are going to go rent the hall. And then people are going to feel good, and they feel that part of something by giving to this shul, it becomes the in thing to donate to this yeshiva, to this building, to this campaign, chesed organization. So by me giving, I'm not doing it I'm doing it so that will be much. It depends on the kavana. <coughs> it's brought down as well that a person who knows that his his um, his <coughs> his children, his grandchildren are going to see that he donated something that will inspire them to give or his, you know, his inner circle, his friends, that would also be considered, if he's doing it that would be mutter. Others are mechalik interesting uh, way of approaching this, that we're mechalic between the individual himself <clears throat> and the tzibor. The individual, he should not be asking for the plaque. That's yispoir. But the tzibor, perhaps they have the obligation of akarasatayv, and who gives them a right to not show akarasatayv. And if akarasatayv is shown by honoring someone, by giving him this plaque, or whatever is needed in that uh, in that situation, so it's, it's roy for them to do it. I will point out the Ramah here says roy lasses kain. Lachari is going with the with with uh, the the rash, but that if a person is going to, it gives himself motivation or it inspires others, it's roy. But the Mishabru and Hilchas 
Pesach Knesses and Kufnun Dal, when he brings his halacha down, he does not say Roy. He says that the, that we cannot object. If a person says, I want my name on the on the building, so the Mishabur says we can't object to it, but the Ramah sounds like Toiv, and, uh, sorry, Roy. It's proper for us to put that name on the building at, because it will be Hakarasa Toiv. The Taz has a fifth, well, we're giving it a fifth chiluk. He says that if a person's doing it so that the Tzibor specifically doesn't change his donation. Let's say he donated a, a table, a table for the shul. I think in Landau's they could still uh, buy a table. You could you could donate a table for the year, right? So every year they sell the tables. So I know if I put my name on the table, it says, uh, you know, the Markowitz table, then they're not going to use this table in the sukkah. They're not going to use it for something else because my name is on is on the table. And I'm making sure that Sibor doesn't change the use of this. The Shach argues and he says that's not um, that's not the reason. First of all, in Halacha, very often they could change it against your will because you gave it uh, to them and you know leave bezd in masna and whatever they, they want to use it for, they could use it for. The Halacha is that if you look in the Gemara, the Gemara in Erechin, the Gemara says that by a Yid, when a Yid gives something, even though we know who gave it, the they're they're allowed to um they're allowed to use it for other things. So the Taz is, is not even correct halacha. If you give a table to a shul, they're not use it for chul, and that's a whole different shaila. But to use it for other, you gave a, you gave a table for the Ezra's Nashim, okay? And you, because your your wife, your kids, they 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 sit on this table, so you gave donated a table for the Ezra's Nashim in the shul. And then the tzibur realizes the women don't want tables; they want to use the table for for the uh, men section. And the gabai, president, rabbi, whoever's in charge, puts the table in the main shul. According to the Gemara in Erechin, there's no problem. There, you, you donated it, but leave Bezd in so Moscow. How does, how does the, the, those Mandarin hold that you have to show a Karasatoy? How do they reconcile with this? This is certainly not a Karasatoy. Well, like, Mandarin, I have to go out of my way to put up a plaque. I certainly shouldn't be able to take it now and use it for something. No, we, we, didn't, we didn't remove the plaque. We just used it for something else. Well, you, you know, we used the table. You wanted the table for upstairs, minion, and we're putting it downstairs, minion. So I would say that's worse, worse than not putting a plaque. But you, you, you have to go... put a plaque as a karasatoy, and you allow me now to use it for something different than what he gave me So I think that's worse. So I, I, I would agree if we're starting from, from square one. Here, this is the halach. The halach is they're allowed to use it for other things. So that means when you donate it, read the fine print, and realize that... I'm, the, right? Someone donates a Sefer Torah to the shul. The shul also has some rights to it. They, they can sell the Sefer Torah if, if they need to pay Rabbeim. We learned this in, in, uh, in Dershu. If they need to pay for, for Milam de Tinoikas, they'll have to sell the Sefer Torah. You donate it to the shul. Make sure you actually donated it. Sometimes people donate it, but it's really just a She'ela. And in fact, a Rav should probably recommend to the uh, donor, when you do it, do it as a, as a loan, because maybe you'll move to Florida one day. You might want to take the Sefer Torah with you. The Rav should protect his uh, mispalim from this. You mean, uh, a a different no, no, his own show shouldn't be so biased. <laughs> Life will move on. For this stuff. No, if a, guy, if a guy donates a table and he only wants it to be used on the main level, he should write. By the way, I'm donating this table. Right, right, correct. If you write it and you make a whole tonight, then, then it could, could be he's right. I don't know who the guy is. Some guy don't do it. Other guy, I don't know. But the real Gabbai know that if the guy... They say, they say the Gabbai is as good as the Mispalwa. So right, it's the Mishnah. The Mishnah in is that if you have a Shliach Tzibar Sheta, then it's a Simen Ra Letzibar because they were the Shalcha. So, 
So either way, the Nakuta Sekasev argues on this Taz for a few reasons. First of all, the Rashba doesn't say that. He doesn't say anything about that. And anyways, in Halakha, it's not so clear when we're going to stop someone from being from changing the purpose of that. The Mishabur and Hilchas, and Hilchas uh, Beis Haknesses brings us down, this this discussion. It's it's really found in the Magen Avram, so the Mishabur, you know, naturally quotes it. This is Kufnun Dalad. And he brings down you, bring, you donate a pareiches or a crown or something like that. You can write your name on it. it. Sounds like literally on the crown itself. They cannot tell you no. Why? Because the Torah itself writes and and it's um, same the oisim mitzvah. He says a few things. That's only if the Kehillah wants his Nadava. If he donates something and they don't want it, then he, not only uh, could they tell him no, they could also tell him, you get, you get your name out of here also. And therefore, it would not be, he cannot put his name on it. They could throw it out. Then he brings out a frightening Sefer Hasidim. Kosov the Sefer Hasidim Simon Tovkov Giman. If you read the Sefer Hasidim, he has many such stories. Sefer Hasidim says, There was a fellow, he built a shul. And the townspeople wanted to contribute as well. He said, No, I don't want your contributions. I am building and I'm funding it myself, uh, self funded. That him and his children should have a name. And the Kalazare. And unfortunately, his children died. So, brings down this frightening story from the from the Sefer Hasidim. Now, many poets can say on this on this mishabur, they say, well, this case is very different. Our case is where someone got up in shul, a guy by a president, they did a fundraiser, and they don't. Someone donated, but that was with with uh, the acceptance of the tzibar. In this case of the this person went against what the tzibar wanted. He didn't allow them to get their chilek in the mitzvah. He just did this whole thing with his spire. So that's what the Ramah meant in the beginning when he said a person would get punished. This is the, a punishment. The sefer chasidim. This is what the, this is where the Ramah is coming from, where a person was doing it exclusively for covered, and he wasn't uh, listening. He wasn't allowing other people to contribute. So the piskei tshuva says if you allow others to contribute, so then it wouldn't be a problem if he would. Uh, you know, request that his name is on it. The Tzemach Tzedek, there's different uh, Svarim called Tzemach Tzedek. This Tzemach Tzedek is the earlier one, uh, Talmud of the Bach. He says three times, three different uh, considerations that a Tzibur could, could, could consider when not allowing a name to be placed on a plaque. He says, number one, if he, sa- if he makes it a Tanai, this is an obvious case where I'm only giving if you put the plaque on. So the Temach Tzedek says that then he's only doing it for covered. He's making it uh, conditional so that you do not have to accept it. Number two, which is like the like the Sefer uh, Hasidim, if he only does it if it's if he has exclusive rights, he will not donate with other people as well. So that that also he, we do not accept this donation. We do not put a plaque on it. And the third. Uh, consideration is if this plaque disturbs people when they're davening. It's so big. It's so, it's just so um, loud. The call, then people won't be able to. <laughs> yeah. So that that would be another consideration. Like, let's say someone donates fans to the shul, like everybody said. Yes, they may put the name on it. <laughs> I don't put the name on it, but still the fans just just make everybody cool. 
Yes, the Maram Shik on this Semach says it would not apply if, let's say, most people in Shul allow him to have exclusive rights. You want to donate the coffee room, no, you want to take care of the Svarim, no problem. You could do what you want. Even though some people object, he says we could go by Rive in this case, we could accept the donation, and we could put his name on the building. But you do learn from here a lot of different a lot of different uh, sensitivities, I would say, when it comes to donating mitzvahs. Very often people do tzedakah, chesed, all types of mitzvahs, and when push comes to shove, you could ask a very you know, meaningful question, what if someone else w- would want to help you do it? And sometimes people say, no, then I'm not interested anymore. So very often it's a, it's a, it's a sign, it's a simon, that they're only doing it for their covet. Now, again, there's a whole world of mitosh shalolishma, balishma, but we see that these halachas are, are um, it's brought in halacha, that a person who's doing it only for himself, for, for litiferes, you're missing the boat, you're missing the mitzvah, and in fact, it's probably usher. It's probably usher for a person to be yispar, it's going against vatsnei halachas imalekecha. Okay, just a few more halachas on this. Rav Vosner brings down that, that he, he, he says it's preferable to make a plaque versus putting it on the chayfetz itself. We saw from the Mishnah that the minig was to put it on the object itself. The Yushalmi in Megillah sounds like that's also fine to put it on the on the, on the uh, item itself. Here's a good question for a gabai. Who gets, who, who, who puts, who, who, uh, who gets their name on the plaque? Do we say the one who gave the money? Or do we say the one who, who uh, fundraised, the one who hustled? And got the uh, got the funds. So the Mishabur says that the donor gets the he has the rights, uh, not the gabai. So I saw from the Mishnah's Yosef he says, well, a gabai, assuming the gabai gets paid, maybe in Eretz Yisrael, that's where the gabam do get paid. So the gabai, that's his job. His job was to go fundraise. It wasn't a commission based uh, job. See, he was that was a job. Son, the gabai hustles. <laughs> he says. He says. That's the rabbi's job, so or the president's job, or the rabbi's job, depending on what you're So, in that case, they didn't go out of what are they doing? They're going to inspire the next rough to do this. They're not inspiring anyone else. That's their job. It's not inspiring. Versus the donor, he pulled out of his own pocket. He gave money. So there, it fits the the Rashba's hetter of inspiring others. So they're not. So the uh, Mishnah says, uh, "Fears always that if he goes out of his way, above and beyond." what what uh, is expected from his position of his job. So then, yes, that would inspire others to go above and beyond in their own lives and in, in uh, donating and contributing to the shul. So he says then they could put the Gabai's name on it. Interesting twist, because he's saying the only hatter to put the name on it is to inspire others. Um, and if it's just uh, someone getting up in shul and clapping on the beam and saying, please donate, and they donated, so that's not inspiring others to put his name on the, on the plaque. But if he went above and beyond, you could put the the uh, president's name on the on the plaque. The Marsham has a very interesting Chumrah. You wouldn't think this would come from the Marsham, but the Marsham, this is in Chelek Vav, he was asked if they could if they could write the plaque, the, the words in the plaque in English, and, or he says it in Laz, and he says no. He says, uh, how can we put other Lashainas right next to the Sefer Torah? He was against it, and he says, a cute chap. He says, what if the donor is saying, I only want to donate it if it's going to be in English. He says, get a parechas that has a flap, and you write English on the inside of the parechas, and you put cover with a flap with a Lush and Kaidish, and when the donor comes in once a year, you open the flap, and uh, you show him that it's taka written in English. I think the minog is, especially in 
where I, where I live in the Midwest, the, the minig is that people do use uh, English words in memory of, and you know they have Holocaust, and people use English when they write, um, when they donate. It could be in more in the more Hasidish circles, they would not allow it, but. Uh, obviously, we, yeah. They don't speak English. What does the wording have to do with the, with the reality? So you write it in Chinese. What's the difference? Giving guys but I think in his times, right, in the Marsham's times, many many Rabbanim would not speak in English from the pulpit. They would only speak in Yiddish, Lushan Kaidish, or Hungarian. But they, they wouldn't speak in. They would not speak in English. They wouldn't, they wouldn't speak in other languages either. But they. Um, there are many R- R- Rashi Yeshiva today. They, they only give shir in Yiddish. Even though half the people there don't don't speak a word of Yiddish in shir, they only give shir in Yiddish. That's, that's a preference. Well, what does that no, mean? they speak fluent word? English. They. I'm just saying with some Why shuls... Why not in English? What's the difference? If yeah. I give $10,000 to the shul and I write it in Chinese, what's the difference? <laughs> so I agree with you, but there is a concept that the Lashanists don't have the same Kedusha as Lashan Kaidish or Aramaic, for that matter. And the Mar- the Marsham said we have a sensitivity. We shouldn't put it next to the Aaron uh, Kaidesh, but I don't think this is the accepted psak. The Piskechuvas brings it out as an accepted psak, but but you look around, I don't think this is something that um, was ever accepted. And we do allow most of would allow English um, words names on the plaque. Okay. Well, you were saying like Rabbanim would give would give drushes not to listen Kaidesh. I missed that. No, not in English. They specifically were not. Give it in English. No, I was making fun that they used to say given Yiddish, Lashon Kaidish, or Hungarian. Oh. But because Hungarian is also uh, Kaddish. That's what I was saying. But over time, you know, we, we, we speak English. Okay. There's a question regarding rededication. So let's say you had a shul or a yeshiva, and now it's time to put up a new building, an extension, and it's time to rededicate. So they're rededicating the dining room and the and the mezuzahs. So the question is, if they're building a brand new building, that's one Shiloh. There was a Shiloh from the, the Mishnah Yosef. His original question was, they had a small shul with uh, someone opened in town, a small little shul, and now it was time to move into the bigger shul. So the original name was, we'll call it uh, base. Uh, it was named after a lady, actually. That was the case. We'll call it base uh, Rivka or something. Beis Chana. And now they want to change it into... A normal name, show whatever, a normal name, whatever town they're in. So can they change the name? That was the question they asked the missionary. So if he there is Makel because the original shul was obviously a rental situation. They only had room for 15, 20 people. And obviously as the community grew, they're going to build a big shul. So it never had the status of Beisakneses Kavua. That was his case. But either way, there's a Shailan Halacha when you're rededicating uh, an uh, uh, the shul or a mezuzahs, dining room, coffee room, Beis Bima, what do you do with the original donor? You had the, the, the Schwartz family from the 1970s donated this Bima, and now in 2023 you're rededicating the Bima, we're redoing the shul. What happens to this donation? Now, if they were changing it for something else, that we spoke about earlier with the Taz, but they're still using it for the same thing. They're not changing it to something else. Can we literally erase the name and write a new name on on this uh, on the Bima, on the Arun, on the Mezuzah, Snare Tamid, whatever... Uh, situ- whatever uh, object we were, we're talking about. So Ramayusha Feinstein is Machmer on the Shiloh. He says, really, you need to get permission. When they donated it, they donated it forever. You need to get permission. Um, if 
and also the original donor has first dibs. So let's say they're putting in new mezuzahs, so they could tell them, by the way, the dedication is going to cost an additional $500, $500 each or something like that. And if he wants, he has the first rights to it. And But he says, he, even if he declines, you still have to keep his first plaque there. And you could fundraise for an additional plaque. So you'll have two plaques for the mezuzah. That's the... Uh, that's the sheet of Ramosha Feinstein. If you want to look it up, it's in. I'll, just, I'll tell you where it is in a second. That's only by mezuzah or coffee rooms also? The whole building. The whole building. <laughs> yeah, so coffee room. You're saying, I'm, I'm saying coffee room because that's part of it. I would assume it's the same thing. It's the same. It's a choshimish, but then. The yeshiva in Flatbush. Money was given. I'll shame so-and-so. Then that right <laughs> room, Lakewood. Then the yeshiva took over. They changed the name. But the original guy who gave money for the building, right? You know, I hear. So it's Ar- it's Archaim Chelik Beis Simon Chavav. If you want to look on Amoshes Chuvas, Archaim Chelik Beis Simon Chavav. Okay, so that's Amoshes Shita. Surely, our flappers that has a simcha room, right? That was built in the 1960s, and they kind of wanted to uh, refurbish it. So they, they they went over to a guy, and a guy wrote a fifty thousand dollar check to refurbish it. So whatever old name was on that old simcha room, that old simcha room was dilapidated. It was broken. It was like, what, are you just going to keep it forever? Interesting. No, See, you're uh, the building, Avi. The whole building. The building on uh, East 15th and N. Was, it used to be called based off the Rosenblatt's Yeshiva. Right? Yeah, my bar mitzvah was there. Oh, so you know, he moved to Lakewood, I believe. And now Vardik is there. It's a totally different name. But whose yeshiva was it? Okay, we don't have to get into the details in that specific case. But if someone sold the yeshiva or he sold the building, it's over. But if some, yeah, it's also a whole sugya, right? Help us basic gave the money for the building, right? Rubbish. But I was asking a different point. Maybe at some point, the the, the lifetime yeah, of this in a chenami. So I think if, if it's if it's done, it's done. If it, it's, not, it's over, right? It's not a shul anymore. Rav Osner says a very similar thing. Rav Osner, he says that. Let's think about it. When a person gives money to tzedakah or base or money to the basic knesses, this comes up in Hilchas basic knesses in the in Chelik Beis in the Mishnah goes through the the concept of the das of the of the donor. What was his das? So Rav Vosner writes that every shul doesn't say this in these words, but I'm going to uh, add my own little commentary. Every shul has a has a expiration date, so to say. There's how long is the life expectancy of a shul? I was talking to Rosh Hashiva recently. He said, a shul has a life expectancy of 25 years. After 25 years, usually, the shuls don't, don't last. You know, in, in the olden days, it would go to conservative or reform. A shul doesn't last too, too much longer than 25 years. This is years ago, so maybe today it's 10 years, 15 years. You know, demographics change. The needs change. Next generation. There's a... Uh, Maybe in Minneapolis, not in New York. The shuls are great. Baruch Hashem. Yeah, but it's different shuls. It's different different types, you know. Oh, East Flatbush, the whole East Flatbush. Yeah, right. Every shul is that. Park Flappers, the shuls are growing. Yeah, and yeah but East Flatbush. Okay, you'll see. It's different shuls. It's different. It's different. Uh, okay, fine. Either way, good. It could be the demographics there are strong enough. Um, another interesting consideration, this is just on a, on a tangent. There's a fellow, Yehuda Geber, he has this uh, Jewish history soundbites. So a few weeks ago, he did a he did a podcast on the phenomenon of mashpiim, which is a fascinating thing. He's talking about let's say Rav Meilach Biederman and people that have tremendous influence. So he was going through historically in, in the world of Hasidus, every twenty, thirty, or forty years there would be a new mashpia, 
and everybody would run to the mashpiim, and the the rebbe's you know weren't necessarily happy with it because it was taking away from them. But the, the new mashpiim became popular, and then they themselves fizzled out. So he was saying the reason why one of the reasons why it fizzled out, and you have this galgal uh, achayzer, is that many people are are against, not against, they just have some animosity towards bureaucracies, towards institutions. And when someone is non-institutional, like Rav Meilich Biederman, Shlita, so he appeals to the masses. You could be Mizrahi, you could be Lubavitch, Hasidish, Samer, and you see the his Talmidim, people, you know, printing his, his Torah is printed in Teaneck and in Baltimore. Throughout the world, everyone's reading his Torah, right? But then, a lot, very often, these Rebbes, these personalities, they end up opening a yeshiva, opening a shul. And then, when they open the shul, the whole thing falls apart because now they become an institution. They have to have rules and regulations, who they let in, who they don't let in. You know, there's some fight in the shul and someone has to get kicked out or it's too hot, too cold. What are they serving? Which hashgacha do they allow? And all of a sudden, it became an institution. So then, they're already like the old institutions. So then, a new guy comes and he's the mashpia. He's non-institutional. He's the one that's inspiring everyone. And it's a Gagal HaChazer. So it's another one of the considerations. Either way, Rav Vosner says, we, we got a little sidetracked here, but Rav Vosner says that very often these things have a, you know, uh, an expiration date when it comes to, for, for a number of reasons. It could be from a financial standpoint. And it, when you're giving now, you know that in 30 years from now, they're going to need to do a new capital raise, a new, a new uh, building campaign. The, the, the money you're giving now is not going to last. That for, for how long is it going to last for? So, Ravazan says, really, really, from a halacha standpoint, whenever the Gabon decides it's time for a new shul campaign, a new rededication, really, we do not have to care about the previous person, you know, who donated, they donated under, with full understanding that at some point there, there is going to be a need for a rededication, for a, a freshening up of the shul, and therefore, really, from a halacha standpoint, we do not need to ask them, give them any preferential treatment. But he says it's not it's not in the taste of halacha, and therefore, it's roy to at least keep them part of the conversation. If there's any way to include them. Uh, somehow, you could, in many shuls, they have like uh, the pre, it was previously uh, the, 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 like the rabbi emeritus. They have the donor emeritus somewhere in the shul, give him something to show that it's still a zikar and a lutiferis, but he does give the shul. But that's only they're not continuing to support it. Like, let's say Nelema, they're bringing the oil all the time. So they gave them like, they're <coughs> giving the oil. So even if something gets old, it's hard to say they shouldn't be part of it, I guess. So if they, you know, if they, if they so, I think they should they should continue giving. He's talking in a case where they're not. They're saying we're done. They already donated the mezuzah. The mezuzah, let's say, was ten thousand dollars for the entranceway. They gave that in two thousand and five, and now it's twenty twenty five. It's a new it's a new uh, appeal. So they're, they're no longer interested in giving ten thousand dollars for the mezuzah. Can they claim? What do you mean? It's my mezuzah. I paid for it. So Rav Vosner is saying that the Rav or the board, they have a very strong tiny to say when you gave, it wasn't Omeyat, it was only until the next time we need to raise money. While Rav Moshe says no. Rav Moshe says no. When a person gives, as long as this shul is going to be in existence and this mezuzah is going to be here, the Rav Moshe is saying that no, this person does have first dibs and, and you have to keep his plaque there. And if you want, you could put a second plaque there. So that'll be, that's an interesting machlekes between Rav Moshe and the and Rav Vosner, Zetzal. So, Halach Lamaisa, there are many different considerations when doing this. Uh, a Rav has to be, uh, you know, uh, considerate of the previous donors, 
the current donors, you also have to keep keep in mind that it really goes by the kavana. If a person is doing it for the wrong reasons, it's better not to give and be aspired but stuck. The Ramah says it's better not to give. You're not getting the mitzvah. Manishin, they punish him. The Sefer Hasidim said it's, it's a curse for a person to be aspired by mitzvahs like this. But if a person is doing it, at least somewhat, he's doing it not exclusively for covet, he's doing it for for L'shem, L'zikara, and to inspire others to give. So that's already brought down in Midrashim, in Tanakh, in Rishonim. This is our minog to be mafarsim, oisim mitzvah, but not chas v'shalom l'hispar. Okay, so in next week we'll start Simon Reishnun. Reishnun is a fascinating topic of giving an ani demach saraya sheyach It's a pasuk in Chumash. It's a sugya in Ksubis. Sounds like you have to give him everything. Give him his car, give him his Tesla, whatever he's used to having, we have to give him. So we're going to get into the sugya. When does that end? Does every person who, had, who who lived a fancy life and now he's come onto tough times, we have to support him with the same house, same car, same everything? Or, as we, we could expect, there are many different details in halacha. Okay, shkoyach. Oh,